traditional health and wellness advice does not work for you. It is created for the nine to five workforce, but that doesn't mean healthy doesn't work for you. Welcome to Manufacturing Happy Hour, the podcast where we get real about the latest trends and technologies impacting modern manufacturers. Manufacturing Happy Hour. Each week, we interview industry experts that are at the top of their craft and give you the tools, tactics and strategies you need to take your career and your business to the next level. And now your host, Chris Lukey. Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome to episode 79. Today, we're talking about rethinking health and wellness for manufacturers. Our guest is Laura Timbrook. She is a national board certified health and wellness coach who is focused specifically on the manufacturing industry, particularly on shift workers. She's also a speaker on the topic and runs her own podcast called Outspoken Nutrition. We haven't really approached this topic on the show before, but it's one that Laura is uniquely qualified to cover. So here are three things you can expect from this episode. First, we'll hear why Laura decided to focus on manufacturing and some of the things that make this industry unique from a health and wellness standpoint. Second, most of the conversation will focus on repositioning the health and wellness discussion for manufacturers and how we need to think about it more broadly than just diet and exercise. Laura will cover common mistakes, how employee health impacts retention and productivity, and how to approach the topic in general, whether you're a shift worker or leading a team or company. Finally, we'll leave you with some actionable tips and tools and discuss what the future of health and wellness might look like. As always, if you want to access any resources mentioned in these episodes, you can do that over at the show notes page. For this one, head to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash 79. And as always, if you're enjoying the show, consider leaving a five-star rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. You can get there by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash iTunes. And with that, let's meet up for a virtual fireside chat with Laura Timbrook. So, Laura, before we had this interview, we had a little pre-conversation, and it's manufacturing happy hour, so in the spirit of the show, you mentioned you're a big tequila fan, so I usually ask my guests where we'd be having this conversation if we'd be having it over a drink, so is there a tequila bar, a spot that you love to... uh, indulge that would be the setting for this discussion? Yeah. So for me, it's anything outdoors. I am a big outdoors person. We do a lot of camping. Actually, almost all our summers are spent in an RV or a tent somewhere. Um, So for me, it would really be camp around a campfire. You know, that's where I think some of the best conversations and the best times usually are around campfire. I'm having a lot of my guests say like around a campfire, right? Like a good fireside chat. This is always a good setting. So let's say we're sipping a fine tequila around a campfire and, you know, there's a group of us there and someone asks, or let, let's say one of these folks is in manufacturing, right? They're a shift worker manufacturing in there, right? They're like, you know what? I'm a shift worker. Health just doesn't work for me and my lifestyle. How do you respond to that if you're having a drink with a group over, uh, over a campfire? You know, the first thing I do is I let them know, you know, you're right. Traditional health and wellness advice does not work for you. It is created for the nine to five workforce. But that doesn't mean healthy doesn't work for you because we can all be healthy. We just have to change the conversation and find out what healthy looks like for somebody. So it's usually a much bigger conversation. And 
the funny part is a lot of times when we talk about health and we always get around to stress relief, I like to mm -hmm. use things like fishing, hiking, camping, going for a motorcycle ride as the stress relief, not the traditional, as one guy put it to me, twinkle lights and yoga mats. He goes, I am yeah. not a twinkle light and yoga <laughs> mat person. And um, yeah, we don't use twinkle lights and yoga mats. <laughs> I, I, I'm interested to see how we broaden the definition of health and wellness during today's conversation. We're going to get to some of those tactics and some of those specifics later, but we want to get to know you first, Laura. And you had a long background in health and wellness, I think, before you doubled down on manufacturing. So how did you end up focusing on health and wellness for manufacturing specifically? Yeah, so I came from corporate health and wellness, um, and I would go to companies around the U.S., and I would help help coach their employees. And I ended up going one time, which I thought was a corporate office, but it was actually a manufacturing mill. Um, mm -hmm. coolest job ever that, you know, that I walked into, but I realized mm -hmm. that, you know, the traditional health and wellness advice I came for, it did not fit them. And I literally had a guy sit down to me and look me right in the eyes and says, you know, your healthy doesn't work for me. And that's really what kind of transformed my business. So it was really that understanding that, you know, there's this whole population out there that thinks that healthy doesn't work for them and they've given up. And that was where I was like, nope, we're going to change this conversation because I have been a firm believer since I went through nutrition school that healthy works yeah. for everybody. So let's let's start reframing that conversation a little bit, because you, you said something really helpful to me when we were first getting to know one another. You talked about how, you know, a lot of people will talk about breakfast, lunch and dinner, right? Making sure you're getting those right meals. But you said, hey, in a, in a shift worker's standpoint, you're talking about first meal feeding time versus fasting time. So that's just one example I recall from that. But can you give us some other examples or maybe double down on that one on the ways we start reframing the conversation for a shift worker in manufacturing? Yeah. So when we start talking about the breakfast, lunch, and dinner, this is something every health and wellness professional will ask their clients at some point. But mm -hmm. what we don't realize, unless you've worked a shift style life, is that Breakfast might be at 6 p.m. eating dinner with your family. And for a lot of people, that can almost be confusing when a health professional asks them, tell me what you eat for breakfast. Well, mm -hmm. breakfast is maybe a steak and some mashed potatoes and green beans, not the traditional mm -hmm. breakfast cereal. So that whole conversation gets confusing. So I've learned that when talking to people, a lot of times it's easier to say, talk about your first meal, your second meal, your third meal, or what I've actually found even recently, because intermittent fasting has gotten so popular, is that even fasting times and feeding times, you know, just tell me what you're eating. That changes the conversation and it doesn't become confusing or you know, like that one guy said to me, he's like, well, if I eat dinner at 6 p.m., is that technically dinner or is it breakfast? And it's just those conversations, not realizing that we're speaking two different languages. 
Yeah. And, and, and I gave the example of, let's say the eating side of health and wellness, but let, let's broaden this conversation a little bit to start. We'll get back to some of the manufacturing specifics here in a second, but when we're talking health and wellness, what are you including in that? Obviously diet exercise, but you rattled off a whole list of activities there at the start. So can you give us that holistic definition around health and wellness to get us grounded before the rest of the conversation? Yeah. So, I mean, we talk about, you know, our diet, our nutrition, our sleep, and our our movement, which is what we all know as, you know, the quote unquote healthy lifestyle. But what we mm -hmm. also don't realize is that relationships and purpose follow mm -hmm. a really big part in our overall wellness. And we think about relationships as our stress management. If things aren't going good at home, if things aren't going good with your finances, that is added stress. So really when we talk about what all encompasses health and wellness. It's that sleep, that nutrition, that movement, but it's also relationships and having an overall purpose and understanding of where you're going. All right. That's a big spectrum. So relationships, sleep, stress management, all these things add up to it. So I guess I have a pretty tactical question because I imagine there are two audiences that we have. There are people that listen to this show they're all in the manufacturing space, right? But some of these folks are probably shift workers. There's also a group of people that lead shift workers as well. So let's start with the shift worker. How do you start that conversation to get a shift worker to start rethinking about rethinking what health and wellness means? Well, it usually starts off with numbers. So maybe okay. you have a health fair and they realize maybe their A1C is high. And now, you know, the nurse there is talking to them about pre-diabetes, or maybe mm -hmm. it's blood pressure and we're having that conversation. So it usually starts off with some kind of health number that doesn't look so great and can be an issue later on. Engineers very much understand metrics. So it's that's I'm, I'm glad you started there. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, COVID made a really good, you know, for a lot of my workforce, a lot of them were like they would hear pre-diabetes, they would hear high blood pressure and they brushed it off when mm -hmm the word comorbidities started being thrown around in the news. I had a yeah. lot of people reach out to me and tell me, okay, now what can I do about that pre-diabetes? It became mm -hmm. like, oh, maybe we really do need to consider a healthier lifestyle. So it usually starts around numbers though. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. So that's, that's the shift worker. Where do you start the conversation with let's say a manager or a leader of people that work second shift, first shift, whatever it might be. How, Cause I, I would think their thoughts are sure. They're, they're thinking about their health as well, but they're, they're thinking about retention. They're thinking about productivity. So where does the conversation start with a leader of people that are in these positions? Well, you kind of said it. it's productivity okay. and retention. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. right now we have a younger uh, workforce coming in and wellness to them is really important. And a lot of them have seen their parents go through burnouts. Um, their careers mm -hmm. have taken a health toll on them. So they're much more conscious about their health and what their career means for that. So for mm -hmm. them, understanding that my employer gets my health, understands that importance is big to them. Mm -hmm. But then the other mm -hmm. part of that is productivity. You know, if your employees are not sleeping, they are not productive. So mm -hmm. if we can increase their sleep, they are more productive. If they have a healthier immune system by following healthier habits, they're less likely to call out of work sick. 
So mm-hmm. it all comes down to retention and productivity. Are are you seeing just what what's the general climate, right? Because I feel, you know, when I was going through engineering school like over a decade ago, you know, I was in my, you know, late teens, early 20s, I would push my health to the side, and not worry about. It. I'm just like I'm going to power through, right? Like are you seeing the manufacturing space being more conscious about this than say five years ago, 10 years ago, maybe, you know, we're talking COVID, right? Maybe even two years ago, right? What's the general temperature you're seeing out there in the manufacturing world? Well, you know, it's definitely increasing. There is Mm -hmm. definitely a need for more employers realizing, hey, my employees' health matters. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's definitely growing in that space. And the interesting part of that is, so you have this younger workforce coming in that are like, Mm -hmm. hey, my health matters to me. But then you Mm -hmm. also have the older workforce saying, you know what, I didn't take care of myself. And now this is where I am. Don't screw up like I did. So you Mm. actually have both sides that are starting to realize that, hey, our health matters and are starting to make changes. And of course, it's manufacturing. It's slow. Um, Mm -hmm. Some companies Mm -hmm. get it better than others, but it definitely is growing. And especially now with COVID, they're starting to realize it's even more important that Mm -hmm. we need to focus on our employees' health. Because if you got employees out for two weeks and it's affecting your production line because they're sick with COVID, that causes more stress on other employees and affects your Mm -hmm. bottom line. Yeah. Well, a couple of things I like about that one and, and a question that jumped to mind as a result. First of all, it's always nice when we could talk about the generations agreeing on this show, right? There's a lot of millennials in the workforce, boomers in the workforce talking about different priorities, potential conflicts. So it's nice to see that everyone's starting to agree on this topic specifically. The, the question that uh, that came from that or that or that popped into mind is as you were going through that is I'm wondering what what are characteristics of companies that can successfully like implement a health and wellness practice or really start incorporating this into the conversation? Are there some fundamentals they need in place, whether it's related to culture or whatever it may be that make, let's say, an increased focus on this more possible or, or more successful? Yeah. So, I mean, anytime you have a company that focuses more on building a wellness culture. General Mm -hmm. Mills is a perfect example of someone that's built a very strong wellness culture. Crayola is -hmm. another one that really focus on wellness. So having that wellness culture is, you know, really key. But for a lot of the companies I worked for, they were small to mid-sized manufacturing. They didn't have Mm -hmm. some big wellness Mm -hmm. dollars. But when you have, you know, a leader, that understands how mm-hmm. important, you know, taking time off, making mm-hmm. sure they're bringing, you know, health fairs in to take the biometrics. I actually have a facility that is now bringing in physicians because their employees don't mm-hmm. have time to go to the doctor. So when you see your employee or your employer start really focusing on your wellness your employees Mm -hmm. are more likely to take the action. So it really starts at that top and valuing your employees' wellness. Yeah. So it sounds like there's, you got to have the right leaders in place. You got to have that right culture there. Another thing that's been on my mind since the start of the interview, or let's say a, a question that I had in here that I have to ask is, what's a mistake you see most people make or a common mistake you see when trying to implement this successfully or like a speed bump people get tripped up on? 
when they try to initiate well employee wellness and they're just checking off a box to say i did it mm. if there's yeah. no leadership buy-in this is where you're gonna fail because your employees will every single time know when their employer is checking a box and they'll tell me they'll walk mm -hmm. up to my table come to talk to me and they'll be like, listen, I'm just here because I know I got to check the box off on my health. So my employer gets their discount. I get my discount. So they know. Um, mm -hmm. But if you mm -hmm. can start really where you're valuing it as an organization, that's when you see the employees start to take the change. Now, it's not overnight. This is not something like, hey, I'm going to value it and all your employees are jumping on board. I mean, I've been right. at facilities that it's taken five years to start building trust in okay. the employers. And that's actually a really another big thing that you need is when you're starting a wellness program within your organization, your employees need to trust you that you are not going to take their wellness information, which employers don't have access to anyway, but that sure. wellness information is not going to affect their employment. Cause that was something mm -hmm. that I never dealt with at corporate. No one in the corporate world has ever asked me, is my health information going to go to my boss and I might lose my job. Mm -hmm. But yet in manufacturing, a hundred percent, they are very concerned. It is going to affect their employment and they won't get those numbers mm. that they need. I gotcha. Sure. And and I can, I can see that, right. You're a, a lot of times you're doing work that in many ways is physical, right? So I could, I could see where that concern would come from. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm also glad you brought up the time that it takes, right? Like I, I'm wondering how many manufacturers are thinking that this is a switch they can flip when in reality, you've said you've seen it take as long as like five years to really get it up and running. So maybe give a, uh, I have a bunch of questions on this, but another one that comes to mind as a result of that is what's an early win then for a manufacturer that's starting to put more focus on health and wellness, right? You mentioned it's a journey, but what's one of those metrics or maybe intangible things that you're able to see, okay, this is starting to trend in the right direction. Yeah. So I like the idea of bringing in those health fairs, give mm -hmm. your employees mm -hmm. access to their numbers. Once mm -hmm. they see mm -hmm. that, listen, I'm high blood pressure, I'm pre-diabetes, I'm this, I'm that. It suddenly hits home because most of the time, a lot of the times it's family history. Oh, my grandfather yeah. had this, my dad had this. So mm -hmm. that's huge. But then the other thing is making sure your employees are taking their time off and not burning mm -hmm. out. That is probably one of the biggest ways to get your employees on board is understanding that, hey, you know, my boss, it's my weekend off and he's not calling me in. I actually mm -hmm. had um, a guy one time he worked, he did something really fancy on some kind of dryer machine. And there was yeah. only like two of these in the U S and he would literally go job to job, wherever this dryer moved, he would. Sure. Move. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was crazy because he would work easy 70 hour weeks. He would mm -hmm. say a lot of times he was on his way home something would happen to the dryer and he would have to go back to work and work another mm -hmm. six hours. And he was at the point where he's like, I don't know what else to do. You know, yeah. it was just him that could fix this dryer. And mm -hmm. it was, it was really taxing on him. And, you know, it's difficult because the employer, I'm sure it's expensive to have this engineer that can fix this dryer. Um, mm -hmm. But there was no effort to bring in somebody else.
And it was this yeah. never ending cycle. So I think it's really important that we are starting to take that time off to acknowledge our employees time off. Um, it worked really well in corporate and it will work yeah. really well in manufacturing as well. We'll be right back right after a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Obvious Ventures. Obvious is a venture capital firm investing in purpose-driven entrepreneurs who are harnessing technology to reimagine every sector of the economy. We're talking about the basic building blocks of society and life, from food to mobility to healthcare, finance, marketing, energy, and more. But let's get specific. Obvious has invested in companies that are taking manufacturing and supply chain technologies to the next level especially robotic startups like Canvas, and even ones that have been featured on this show before, like Dexterity. Want to learn more? Well, past Manufacturing Happy Hour guest, Nan Lee, who leads Obvious's work in robotics and industrial automation, is hosting a new podcast called Machine Visions that dives into these topics headfirst through interviews with industry leaders and startups. You can find Machine Visions wherever you get your podcasts or you can visit them at obvious.com. And now, back to today's episode. I love that example for a couple of reasons because there are so many. I, I know you gave one example of a dryer there, right? But there are so many examples in the manufacturing world where one guy or gal is the one person that knows how to do XYZ task or work on XYZ machine, right? So we see that all the time. And I think that's a really good, let's say, early indicator of being able to respect time off, right? You know, having employees feeling like they can rest and they can take that time off, they're not getting called in, and having employers not feeling the need to call someone um, during that time as well. So excellent example there. Another thing that came up in that comment, you mentioned the job fairs, but I have to ask, we're in a world that's more virtual, they're less in-person things. So what's health and wellness look like now as a result of COVID? I know we talked, we used to talk about COVID all the time on the show and we almost beat the topic to death, but to an extent, it's a health and wellness episode. So we have to address it. So what does this look like when maybe you can't do the health and wellness event? What are some other ways people are leading through this? Well, I think this is one of the ways that the health and wellness field is actually changing because yeah, mm -hmm. I'm not going in and sitting in front of those employees anymore. It's becoming mm -hmm. more virtual, but in sometimes mm -hmm. in a lot of the facilities I've worked in, you know, virtual, they don't have access to zoom emails is a little questionable because I do a lot of small to mid-sized manufacturing and mm -hmm. you know, it, we're changing that landscape. It's going to be more virtual. We're going to have, mm -hmm. you know, everyone now has fit watches or things like yeah. that. I'm actually um, coaching an organization right now and we're doing everything through apps. So mm. the option is there. It is, it's definitely changing though. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if a lot of these health fairs do come back. I know a lot of my employees or my employers haven't really brought them back. So we're looking at more um, membership-based programs. So you uh, hire mm -hmm. somebody that every month they're delivering a video to your employee, uh, your employees that can go either on a Slack channel or on some team-based program. Um, so mm -hmm. it's definitely changing. We're we're seeing how that's transforming and you know, who knows what it's going to look like in two years. I have an idea of what I would like it to look like, but. Sure. Well, while, while we're, while we're 
having this conversation, I want us to take us back to that campfire for a second, because we're looking for a good campfire story at this point in the interview. You've talked about how wellness ties into productivity and retention, etc. Do you have a story you can share that illustrates that about how, you know, an employee or a company became more productive or yielded some of these business results that people are really focused on. Can you share something like that? Yeah, absolutely. So there was this one facility that I was talking to, actually the one that took about five years to implement. Um, Mm -hmm. About midway through that, I remember I was coaching this one woman and she would drink Mm -hmm. four Mountain Dews a day. I kid you not. And she had Mm -hmm. no want to quit. Um, She knew her numbers. She knew they weren't great. And, you know, after time of seeing me in her health fairs and seeing the different seminars that were going on, she started making healthier changes. Eventually mm-hmm. she, um, right before, I think it was in uh, January of 2000, when I talked to her, she was down to one Mountain Dew a day and a diet Mountain Dew. Um, mm-hmm. she quit smoking. She started kickboxing, but the most nice. amazing thing is she, she was set to retire she chose not to retire because she started enjoying work. Oh, interesting. And not only did she do that, she brought her daughter into the organization because it cool. became, like she said, she's like, they're promoting me just being better. And they were doing more than just health and wellness. There was other events going on and more growth within the business when it comes to de- personal del- uh, development. But it's that kind of change that we see a lot of times where when your employees feel valued, they are more Mm -hmm. likely to work harder, they're more likely to stay, and they're more likely Mm -hmm. to bring their friends. And that's just one of the ones, but that's the one that kind of gets me every time because it was amazing seeing her from what she was to where she went. Um, And it was just such a big change. Superb example. We're talking about retaining talent, gaining talent, getting you know, having employees feel better about the work they're doing and being able to do more. Like I I totally see where that ties in. I mean, I'm the type of person that if I go to the gym in the morning, I go for a run in the morning, I just feel better that I've gotten that exercise and I'm more productive and I get more tasks done throughout the day. I also love that four Mountain Dews were part of that example because I can't tell you the amount of monster energy drinks I've seen consumed in break rooms before. It's like, how does your body function with four of those inside of you? It's just, it's, it's crazy. But yes, I can tell you're doing great work if you're lowering that caffeine intake across a, a manufacturing break room. I've got a couple questions here as, as we get towards the end. You know, you made a comment a second ago, and I, I feel like I should have dug into it a bit more. You mentioned you, you have an idea of what this might look like in a couple of years or what you might like it to look like. How do you think health and wellness evolves in general or maybe in specific to the manufacturing industry in the, the next couple of years? Well, I think, you know, we're going to depend on a lot of, um, you know, our apps, our virtual Virtual doctors are a big thing. I'm doing a lot of virtual health coaching. So I think virtual is going to play in big. I think our devices, our wearable devices are going to become really big in that. So I think, you know, one of the interesting things is, and, you know, I kind of like to look at the future a little bit. Sure. My son just got one of these Oculus headsets. Okay. And it was so cool because me and my husband were talking. And he's like, oh, yeah, apparently there's you can buy property in some of these like VR Mm -hmm. areas. Mm -hmm. So I do think eventually you will start meeting some of our health and wellness professionals in a virtual space. Um, 
you know, I, I don't think the in-person will ever totally go away, but sure. I think it is going to transform because how much easier would it be to meet your doctor or your health and wellness professional mm-hmm. when you don't have to leave your house? You don't, It doesn't matter if it's snowing out or if it's raining or your kids are sick, you can still take care of that. So I think that's where if if it's, you know, if I get to create it, I think that's where it's yeah. going to go. I think we're going to see a lot more virtual. Oh, I completely agree. It's funny, right? Because we talk about manufacturing applications for AR and VR, and here we are tying one into our health and wellness focus as well. So I think it makes a lot of sense. I did want to ask you too, I love giving the the audience some tactical advice. Is, is there like a, an app or like one that you think like is just really helpful for people in the manufacturing industry or one tool that you've seen working for folks? Yeah. So for me, it's always the smartwatches. As long as you can wear them on the the floor. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know some organizations Mm -hmm. can't, um, but I love the smartwatches and I like them because it gives us control over what we look like heart, you know, especially for someone that has, you know, high blood pressure or, you know, your heart's always racing. Now, a lot of them even have the, um, the, oh goodness, what's it called? The, uh, EKG type, yes. um, yep. functionality. So it's so empowering to see this mm-hmm. data up front. And what I really like is I like the steps and I like the steps, yeah. not to say you have to walk 10,000 steps, but I mm-hmm. always have people that'll come to me and be like, I move all day long. Well, no, you're mm-hmm. standing one spot and your arms are moving all day long, you know, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we equate moving with not sitting. Well, you sure. might only have 2000 steps, but yes, you have been moving all day long, just not your feet. Um, yes. And I think it's in, it's empowering to see that information. So when people are like, well, I can't have time to go to the gym because I'm moving all day. We see that. And not that I think going to the gym for every everybody is the answer. Um, but I think it gives us the power of knowing that. Yeah. No, I, I think it goes back to having those metrics and having access to those metrics as well. And a smartwatch is a great way to do that. You know, we're recording this in January 2022. It'll come out in February 2022. It's the start of a new year and resolutions are rampant right now. So I think a lot of people, though, think about like a health and wellness change as like something big that they need to do. But I'm curious, as a health and wellness professional, is there a quick like a quick tweak people can make to improve their health and wellness, like something easy that you'd recommend they 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 can do? <laughs> Absolutely. Actually, it's funny because... Um, I have a podcast called The Outspoken Nutrition. And at the end of every episode, I tell everybody to just remember to eat your effing veggies. And that's really (laughs) it. Just eat your veggies. I mean, if you're going to start somewhere, start at Mm -hmm. eating vegetables because that's one of the things that most of us miss. I know as I was going through nutrition school, everyone talked about how kids miss eating vegetables. Let me tell you, Mm -hmm. adults don't eat their vegetables. So we can just start eating a vegetable. It gets us on the right track to start making bigger changes. And I love the idea that you talked about small changes because the greatest Mm -hmm. thing is those small changes will be sustainable. Anybody that jumps on that new year, new me thing, it Mm -hmm. never usually holds. But if you start small, you'll make bigger changes. Yeah, no, it's I've I've never done like any sort of in vogue diet before. I just try to eat healthy. And one of my personal easy metrics, it's like if I get five fruits and vegetables at vegetables a day, I'm feeling pretty good. And I feel like I'm doing pretty good at that point. So 
eat your vegetables, folks. Everyone listen to the show. That's that's the that's the easy takeaway from this episode. You mentioned uh, the Outspoken Nutrition Podcast as well. Laura, where are the best ways to connect with you? Yeah, so just going on any podcast platform, Stitcher, Spotify, even ask Alexa to play it, um, the Outspoken Nutrition Podcast. And really, it's just easy to digest health and wellness advice. Most of the episodes are under 15 minutes. Easy to digest. Was that a pun? Was that on purpose? <laughs> it might have been on purpose. <laughs> all right. All right. Now, that's a good way to good way to wrap things. I have one last question, and that's, is there anything we didn't cover yet that you think is important for the manufacturing leaders that are out there listening? And when I say manufacturing leaders, I mean the people that are proactive in their careers that listen to a show like this. So it could be a shift worker. It could be someone that's leading a team. Any closing thoughts? Yeah, just, you know, prioritize your employees' wellness because it's only going to help you on your production, your retention, and even for the fact of bringing new blood into your organization. You know, if mm -hmm. we focus on our employees and lead with empathy and focus on wellness, we will be a much stronger organization. Excellent way to wrap it. Laura, thanks so much for sitting around the fire today for today's conversation. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Cheers. Hey, thank you so much for listening. And certainly a big thank you to Laura for jumping on the podcast. If you want to access anything that we talked about, whether it's a link to her podcast or her website, lauratimbrook.com, well, all of those are over at the show notes page at manufacturinghappyhour.com slash 79. Before we close it out for the day, I do want to thank our sponsor, Obvious Ventures. This venture capital firm was recently featured on the podcast. We talked to their managing director, Nan Lee, who is also the host of his own podcast, Machine Visions. If you're into robotics, you definitely want to check this one out. If you want to learn more about the venture capital firm, Obvious Ventures, or check out the podcast, you can do that by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash obvious. It'll take you to the show notes page from the episode we did with them, or you can head straight to obvious.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider telling us over at Apple Podcasts. You can leave a five-star rating and review over there. It doesn't need to take too long. You can do it on your iPhone. You can do it on your desktop. And all you have to do is go to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash iTunes to get you taken straight there. And with that, that's a wrap on this week. Stay innovative. Stay thirsty. We'll catch you again real soon. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Manufacturing Happy Hour, powered by the Industrial Network.